For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hi, everyone. I imagine some of you are like me and that you do your daily Wordle. Maybe you're not. If you're not, then this won't make any sense to you. But, but Wordle's a, a little word competition you can do on your phone where you have to guess the word of the day. You're given six, six attempts to guess that five-letter word. And each attempt that tells you whether you have any letters in the right place or whether you have a letter that is actually in the word, it's kind of different colors to, to tell you what's what. And, and I, find it, I find it fun. It's also frustrating sometimes, but I love it when, when you finally get it. It's like, it's like eureka. It's like that eureka moment of, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling here. These two didn't quite, I didn't get many letters. And then all of a sudden you kind of, yes, that must be it. And you type it in, you enter it, and you've got the word. And it's, it's a great feeling. I find the Bible's a little bit like that sometimes where, where I can know a passage quite well. I can read it many times. I've perhaps read it years ago, but suddenly it comes alive. It's like a eureka moment. Yes, I, I, I get it. Now I understand why that passage is there. And I find that particularly with, with Old Testament narratives and passages and, and, and prophecies where you can read them and you think, well, well, why is that there? Why is that in the Bible? And then all of a sudden you realize, well, it's there because it actually pictures Jesus. It shows us his plan of salvation. It shows us his life. It shows us his purpose and so on. So we're going to look very briefly today at four of Israel's feasts. And if you read Leviticus 23, um, we're told that there's the seven feasts in Israel. Four of them are in the spring and three are in the fall. And the, the four spring ones really relate to Easter. So since this is a freebie today, it's not Matthew and it's not Psalms. It's kind of a free one. I thought I'd link the, the feasts, these four feasts that very much link to Easter that we've just celebrated. So the four feasts are, are Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and then the Feast of Weeks. So, so and then the, 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 the four ones are the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So, so these four spring feasts, the first one's probably not really a eureka for you because for many of you, you recognize that the Passover feast was, was yes for the Israelites to remember what God had done for them in bringing them out of Egypt, how the blood of the lamb applied to the doorposts um, made the, the angel of death pass over their home so that they would be free from the death of the firstborn, which ultimately led to them being able to come out of slavery and into new life. So it's a, it's a pretty clear picture um, of, of Passover and the blood of the lamb that of, of what Jesus has done for us, his blood on the cross for us, the blood on the doorpost for the Israelites. And John the Baptist kind of declares it. He makes it pretty clear for us. He says when he sees Jesus, he's, he's kind of walking along with his followers. He sees Jesus and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Paul says a similar thing. He's, he talks, he personalizes and says of Jesus, he says, Jesus, our Passover lamb. So very much associated uh, uh, by Paul and by John that, that Jesus is our Passover. So, so perhaps that's not a eureka moment for you, but, but what a great picture that, that feast is of, of what we've just celebrated at Easter, um, Jesus giving us life and forgiveness and so on. But the other feast that, that overlaps Passover, so Passover would have began on the 14th day of Nisan, and unleavened, the Feast of Unleavened Bread begins on the 15th day and last for seven days. So they would kind of overlap each other. Passover would finish, we'll say on a Friday, Thursday or Friday, and then the Sabbath, the Saturday, would be the end of the unleavened bread. And the week leading up to, 
unleavened bread that you would have, the Israelites would clear their house of, of leaven, of yeast. And if you remember in the Bible, often yeast represents sin. So it's kind of a picture of, of, of removing the sin and then they would bake, they would, it would culminate with a, with a feast on the day of unleavened bread, the Sabbath, uh, where they would enjoy um, bread without yeast, unleavened, unleavened bread. So if you think of Passover representing the death of Jesus, we, we kind of think of, of unleavened bread being the body of Jesus and, and without yeast, so faultless and perfect. And it was a day of rest, it was a Sabbath. So in a sense, Jesus died, if we look at it in the days of the week, which probably isn't quite accurate, but, but if Jesus died on the Friday, he, he laid at rest, he rested um, on the Saturday, the, the perfect bread. And, and Jesus referred to himself, if you remember in, in John, um, Jesus refers to, to himself as, as, as the bread of life. So he says in, uh, in John 6, 33, for the bread of God who comes down from heaven is he who gives and gives life to the world. Sorry, let me start again. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives light to the world, life to the world. Sir, they said, so this is a conversation with, with some of the Jews, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. And he actually says that three times. He, he says also in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I'll give to, um, for the life of the world. So we have this, this great picture of Passover, the death of Jesus. We have the, the life and body of Jesus, this, this sinless and perfect um, uh, sacrifice for us. So, so they would end on, on the Sabbath, and then the first day of the week, so Sunday for us, would, would be the beginning of the first fruits. And first fruits was, was a celebration, was, was a feast really of thanksgiving, to thank God for, for the harvest and all that was to come. And it would be a celebration of, of the first, maybe the winter barley. So they would plant winter, plant barley through the winter and harvest it in early spring. It would be the first of the harvests. And you'd, you would bring, according to Leviticus 23, you'd bring your, your sheaves of grain, offer them to the priest who would wave them before the Lord as a, as a, as a thank offering to him. And if you think about that, think of Passover being the death of Jesus and, and then unleavened bread being being Jesus's sinless body. And then on the Sunday, on the, on the first day of the week, we have, we have this first fruits. So it's the first fruits of all that was to come. And, and Paul speaks of that in, in 1 Corinthians. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter, uh, verse, chapter 15, verse 20, he says, but Christ has, in, has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. So in a sense, if you think about that, Jesus is the first resurrection. He's the first of what's to come. You know, if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, our faith is futile, Paul says in the same chapter. So we have this, this, this great eureka picture of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, the, the first of what's to come. There's more to come, it's, it gives hope for us. Jesus has been raised from the dead, so will we. And then, and then seven weeks later, so 49 days plus one, so 50 days is, is the Feast of Weeks. And it's called weeks because it's, it's seven weeks. It's also called Pentecost. And perhaps you remember in Acts 2 what happens at Pentecost um, where, where really the Holy Spirit is given to, to the Jews. Um, but, but the feast itself is, is a little bit different to the other feasts. It, it was another harvest feast a bit later on, so probably the next, the next crop, the wheat, wheat or whatever. 
and you were to offer that to, to the priest. You were to bake a loaf or two loaves and you were to add yeast to those loaves. And then the priest would take those loaves and he'd wave that before the Lord. He'd offer it to the Lord again as a thank offering. And it was the only feast that would involve yeast. It was the only feast that would have leaven in the bread. And what a great picture of Jesus the first fruit. So, so that unleavened bread, that, that perfect person raised from the dead. And then we have the Feast of Weeks. And if we think of, 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 of the loaf of bread with yeast in, it's a bit like us, isn't it? We're, we're a kind of first fruits. So James speaks of in James chapter one, he says, he says, we, we are a kind of first fruits. So we're not, we're not the same as Jesus because we're not sinless. We have leaven in us, but actually we're, we're saved as well because we have his life. So we, we, we bear, we, we bear, uh, we have a sinful nature, but we're forgiven by Jesus. And those were two loaves way before the Lord, which, which many think would indicate the, the Gentiles and the Jews, that it's not just a Jewish celebration, but it's for two, the two coming together. So that's just a little taste maybe of, of four Eureka um, moments that I've had over the last few years. And, and maybe it'll whet your appetite for, for taking a look at the Jewish feasts and just seeing this, this wonderful picture of, of Old Testament narrative, Old Testament ritual that perhaps was for the immediate, the foreground, but actually pictured something much greater. So Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and then Feast of Weeks, where the Holy Spirit was given to us as sinful people. So let's thank God for um, just his amazing plan that, that this isn't just accident, this isn't just made up, but this is part of his wonderful plan of salvation um, that, that, was, that, that was pictured so long ago. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these eureka moments where, where you just bring your, your word to life for us. Thank you for your desire to, to save us, to, to live with us, and to have us as your people. Father, we know we don't deserve it. We, we, we know that we deserve death and punishment and so on, but thank you that you've done everything possible to, to bring us back into a relationship with you. Father, would you give us an appetite for your word, and would you reveal more of yourself to us through your word that, that we might uh, just have lots of those eureka moments? So I thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love and your life. In Jesus' name, amen.